Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about affirmative consent, this trendy new thing that all the young people are learning about because they're being forced to. But before we get into that, I do have a quick message from our sponsors at ExpressVPN. Wouldn't it be nice if search engines and social media sites were unbiased platforms that didn't choose sides politically? It certainly would be, but... That's not what's happening right now. In 2016, the tech elites at Google bragged about donating millions of dollars to Hillary Clinton. These big tech corporations that push their political agendas and restrict the free speech of conservatives are the very same companies that we're trusting to handle our personal data online. I don't know about you guys, but I do not want them using my web history, email metadata, or video searches against me. That's why I use ExpressVPN every time I go online. Big tech companies can match your internet activity to your identity or location using your public IP address. But with ExpressVPN, your identity is masked and anonymized by a secure VPN server. Plus, ExpressVPN has the added benefit of encrypting 100% of your data to keep you safe from hackers and internet bad guys. ExpressVPN software only takes a minute to install on your computer or phone, and once it is, it just takes one click to get protected. So protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com lauren. That's expressvpn.com vpn.com slash Lauren. You get three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Lauren to learn more. So what exactly is affirmative consent? Some of you are probably wondering right now. Well, although the idea that rape equals bad is pretty universal at this point, the Swedish immigration and court systems aside, affirmative consent, on the other hand, is a concept that's quite a bit newer. In the past, anti-rape and feminist activists used to be known for the phrase, no means no, meaning that if someone you're trying to put the moves on tells you no, you respect that and back off. Overall, that's a pretty good rule to follow, I think, but as Bill Burr recently pointed out, it's not without exceptions. No means no, that's another one. No means no. It's like, no, it doesn't. All right? Look, no means no. No, that means no, all right? But no, stop it, what are you doing? Oh my God, you're being so bad, stop it, no. Yeah, that's not a no. In the era of Me Too, however, some people believe that this no means no mentality doesn't go far enough in securing consent. You see, last year, comedian and actor Aziz Ansari got hit with his own Me Too allegations that were a bit more complicated than others at the time. An old date of his, speaking to the site Babe.net anonymously, described a sexual encounter she'd had with Ansari as the worst night of her life. Basically, she and Ansari had gone out to dinner, then went back to his place for drinks. Or should I say, for drinks. They ended up getting to what I think sports fans might call third base in a series of interactions that this woman now describes as her being violated. Now, I don't think that anyone who's read her account would deny that it absolutely sounds like she had a bad time. However, whether or not she was actually sexually assaulted is still a matter of debate. Describing the woman's encounter, Babe.net writes that, quote, throughout the course of her short time in the apartment, she says she used verbal and nonverbal cues to indicate how uncomfortable and distressed she was. Most of my discomfort was expressed in me pulling away and mumbling. 
I know that my hands stopped moving at some point, she said. I stopped moving my lips and turned cold. Whether Ansari didn't notice Grace's, which is a fake name this woman is using, reticence or knowingly ignored it is impossible for her to say. I know I was physically giving off cues that I wasn't interested. I don't think that was noticed at all, or if it was, it was ignored. Without being there, all of that does make it seem clear that this woman was not interested in having relations with Ansari. However, her account is also filled with seemingly contradictory actions. For instance, she also says that at one point, quote, he sat back and pointed to his penis and motioned for me to go down on him. And I did. I think I just felt really pressured. It was literally the most unexpected thing I thought would happen at that moment because I told him I was uncomfortable. That's what makes this whole exchange really confusing because there at least it does sound like she was willingly engaging with Ansari. And she also mentions that when she finally did explicitly articulate no to him that Ansari did stop. It's written that, quote, after he bent me over is when I stood up and said, no, I don't think I'm ready to do this. I really don't think I'm going to do this. And he said, how about we just chill, but this time with our clothes on. They got dressed, sat side by side on the couch they'd already chilled on, and he turned on an episode of Seinfeld. She said that's when the reality of what was going on sank in. It really hit me that I was violated. I felt really emotional all at once when we sat down there, that that experience was actually horrible. It was from negative experiences like this that the concept of affirmative consent was born, because although this woman didn't explicitly tell Ansari no, she also didn't explicitly tell him yes. So it's been argued by activists that by relying on explicit, enthusiastic, and ongoing affirmative consent, instead of just the absence of no, you take away any potential ambiguity of whether consent was issued or not. Some people might argue that going ahead and going down on someone for the second time, I might add, isn't exactly ambiguous, but what do I know? And what's important to understand about this affirmative consent movement is that it's not just some random feminist groups out there that are pushing this. It's actually been accepted by university administrators everywhere as necessary to teach their students lest they all start raping each other, I guess. Like Campus Reform reports, quote, as students returned to campus for the fall semester, the University of Southern California rolled out a program set on instilling the concept of affirmative consent in hopes of making a yes means yes attitude the standard in every sexual encounter at USC. Brenda Ingram, Director of Relationship and Sexual Prevention and Services at USC Student Health, launched the initiative called Trojans Respect Consent, in which all incoming freshmen were required beginning Monday to undergo 90 minutes of training on her concept of affirmative consent. Though not all affirmative consent laws require verbal affirmation, the overarching idea is to shift the legal narrative from no means no to yes means yes, Ingram says in the release. The director emphasizes that it is critical to check in with your partner or partners every step of the way and continually assess whether they are able to provide rational, genuine consent. Though by no means a comprehensive answer to the problem of assault, creating clearer parameters to the definition of consent can help move the needle on the larger mission of eliminating sexual violence. Ingram said about her plan to impress upon students that consent is never a blanket statement. And this affirmative consent program at USC is by no means the first of its kind. In 2014, Colgate University in upstate New York offered its own Yes Means Yes sex ed class as a PE credit, and in 2015, the University of Minnesota instituted its own affirmative consent policy. Now, to be clear, before I really get into this, I just want to start by saying that obviously, consent is important. Boys and girls don't do anything to anybody without consent. 
However, I do think that the policy of potentially legally requiring explicit verbal affirmative consent at every step of the way is, I'm not gonna say stupid, but maybe redundant and overbearing. The thing is, I'm an old-fashioned gal, and I think that if you're gonna sleep with someone, you should probably, at the very least, know them, you know, and know them pretty well. And I do feel like when you actually know someone, you are able to pick up on nonverbal cues that let you know whether consent is being given or not. I just feel like a lot of this yes means yes affirmative consent stuff isn't actually gonna help with real sexual assault. It's more being geared toward addressing bad casual sex. And hear me out. I firmly do not believe that rapists accidentally rape people or that sexual abusers or assaulters accidentally assault people. If someone would have told Bill Cosby, uh, hey, these ladies don't actually consent, do you think he would have cared? I'm thinking no. Saying you have to have affirmative consent will only stop someone who thinks you need consent in the first place. Rapists don't care about having consent. That's what makes them rapists. And in fact, a lot of rapists get off on the fact that they don't have consent. And if that's the kind of person you're dealing with, you're gonna need to work on them a heck of a lot longer than just a 90-minute seminar. Do you think you could actually go to prison and speak to someone who's been convicted of rape and say, hey, by the way, the person you raped, they didn't, they didn't give you consent. And that's why affirmative consent is really important. You need to hear someone say, yes, I wanna have sex with you so you don't accidentally rape someone. Do you think you could have that conversation with them and then be like, oh gosh, finally, I, I understand it now. Okay, thanks for letting me know that my raping days are over. No, that's not how this works at all. The problem isn't getting rapists and abusers to understand what exactly consent is and whether it's being given or not. The problem is getting them to empathize with their victims and understand why consent is needed in the first place. That's a much harder thing to do because it speaks to a person's moral compass and ethics and frankly, I don't think it's within the purview or ability of a college workshop. Saying that affirmative consent laws will help reduce sexual violence is exactly what happens when activists start confusing sexual violence with unpleasant sexual experiences. The idea behind affirmative consent is that just because a woman isn't saying no, that doesn't mean she's actually saying yes because she could be too scared or intimidated or whatever it is to actually say no, don't. But let's be realistic. If a woman has unfortunately found herself in a situation where a man she does not feel safe explicitly rejecting is initiating sexual contact with her, does this really sound like the type of guy who's gonna go, hang on a second, yes means yes, oops, better not rape. I mean, I don't mean to sound glib because this topic is absolutely a serious one. It's just the premise is so ridiculous. The only thing this type of sex training class universities are so into right now accomplishes is setting universal standards for one night stands. Like I said, rapists, they don't care what kind of new parameters you're gonna set around consent because they don't care about consent in the first place. And people who are actually in relationships, I mean, they're not gonna ask their partners for explicit verbal continuous affirmative consent. Like, they're, they're not gonna do that. That's stupid. The only situations this would actually be helpful for are those like the Aziz Ansari story, where you're sleeping with someone who doesn't wanna rape you, but doesn't really know you and doesn't really know what you're into, how far you wanna go tonight, what's happening with that. Personally, at least, from what she said, 
no, I don't think that Aziz Ansari assaulted that woman, but I do believe that it was a bad experience for her. I think that Ansari wanted to sleep with her and assumed that she was willing and maybe she wanted to do some stuff with him at first, but not go all the way, but then maybe she felt bad about what she had done with him. I I'm not sure about the exact details, but bad sex and regretting sex is not the same as rape. And I'm not saying that that woman isn't justified in feeling upset or heck yeah, even violated over what happened because she absolutely is. I'm just saying that the precautions we take to prevent that from happening are different than the ones we take to prevent rape from happening. And the sad reality is that things like miscommunicating with a sexual partner or regretting a sexual encounter are going to become more and more common the more we promote and engage in sexual promiscuity. And I know that's not a popular thing to say in our culture, and I'm not trying to judge anyone, I just wish that everyone, especially these college kids, would be a little bit more careful. In any case though, I would love to know what you guys think. Will affirmative consent classes help reduce sexual assault, and why do colleges feel the need to have these programs anyway. Why is it their responsibility? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.